Psalm 23. Psalm 23, our series on Sunday nights. And here we are, we're just in verse number three of six verses. And I believe this is our sixth message from Psalm 23. There's so many great thoughts here as we look at this psalm. And so we're going to pick it up in verse number three tonight. Of course, the Bible mentions, as you look at the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. We looked at last Sunday night, and we pick it up here tonight. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I love this thought here because there's no other name that should be highly regarded and treasured as much as the name of the Lord. Uh, the name of the Lord is what it's all about for his namesake. And because the shepherd, which that's what this psalm is all about, it's not about the sheep, but because the shepherd cares for his sheep, the Bible says here in verse number three, he leads them in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. As David is writing this psalm and Many times he's referred to as the sweet psalmist of Israel. It's evident that David uh, sees himself as a lamb that is being led by a shepherd. I don't know if you think of yourself in that regards, but I know this. I need God's leading in my life. I want God to direct my life, to show me the way that I should go. And I, I know this. God knows the way better than I do. God knows where I need to go. He knows what I need to deal with and whose paths I need to cross. And, and David, I love this, how he sees himself as a lamb. Now, of course, you know David. You study the Old Testament. And you find that David was a, a mighty man of valor. I mean, David was the one that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Goliath. David was a man that faced a, a, a bear and a lion. And, and listen, David was certainly a mighty man. David could hold his own when it came to a fight, a battle, or some enemy, but I find here that as I think about David in this psalm, and even his own life, that David had to learn, as I mentioned last week, that instead of trying to live his life by force, David learned to live his life by faith, just trusting God. You know, as a, as a lamb, as a sheep, you have to learn to trust the shepherd. And that's really the thought tonight is this, is in every area of our lives, will we let the shepherd lead us? Will we say, look, Lord, it's, uh, it's no longer my life. I've been bought with a price. And allow the, the Lord to lead in our lives because the reality is, is that sheep have no sense of direction. You know, you think about how, you know, David in his life, he, was, he just learned to be content, uh, to be led by the great shepherd. But so many people, so many Christians have no sense of direction. They, they could not find their way, as people say, out of a paper bag, so to speak. And that's the way sheep are. They, they have very little sense of direction. They need someone to lead them, someone to guide them. And when they are of course, you know, sheep are, are not a clean animal. They're a very dirty animal. And so not only do they need somebody to lead them, but they also cannot clean themselves when they're dirty. They need someone else to take care of them. 
someone to clean them. And I, I know that as a parent, it's always interesting because you teach your children many, many things. And you wonder sometimes as a parent, as your child is growing up, are they listening? Are they learning? Uh, my daughter was sharing with me, and we've, been, of course, been praying about praying for Brother Andrew as he's away in boot camp. And uh, I may get this story wrong. I probably should have asked a little bit more detail. But from what I got out of the story was is that uh, there was one of the guys that was in Andrew's squad, his, his platoon or whatever it's called, that there was a young man and he was, he was acting a little bit different. And Andrew, I guess, noticed uh, how he was acting. And uh, he began to try to do some things. And, and Andrew kind of sensed from... Uh, being around this type of, of behavior that there was something going on with this young man and and uh, the story was relayed that Andrew went and of course uh, the young man was doing something that could have hurt him and Andrew of course was at the right place at the right time and I know thinking about the Chadwicks that had to bring great joy to their hearts to know that not only did their son listen and learn but that God had placed him there for a time like that to be able to help someone else that needed that help. I mean, hopefully I got that story a little bit right, but that's kind of what I remember about it. And I think to myself how many times that we need to understand that we need help, that we need someone to provide direction, and we need somebody to show us the way. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 53 and verse number 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So just like those sheep, how uh, they need direction, they need leading and guidance in their life, and when they're dirty, they need somebody to clean them up. Can I tell you, look, we can, we can attend all the church we want, and we can look the part, but we cannot clean ourselves. There is no spiritual bar of soap that we can take out and clean up our lives. That's the Lord's business. Only God can clean the heart. And, and we understand that we need the Lord in our lives because we cannot clean ourselves. We cannot find the right path. Why? Because Isaiah said it. We've turned everyone to his own way. We're bent on doing what we want, going our own direction. I think about Andrew and Brother Chris and how, listen, if they wanted to decide when they're in boot camp and training camp, if they're just going to do what they want, I guarantee you that's not going to sit real well with their instructors. Uh, I think they're going to be corrected and they're going to be, be taught, hey, listen, you need to get in line. You need to do what, because look, this is, this is the way you need to be going. Can I tell you, in our lives, the shepherd knows the sheep. He knows what's best for us. And we need to see that we need him in our lives. We need someone, as the Bible says here in verse number three, to lead us in the paths of righteousness. I love that because we all know that our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's nothing good about us. We're only a sinner saved by grace. And I love the fact that it, it is all about his righteousness. And, and a lot of times when you talk about uh, Christians being likened as Psalm 23, we're likened to sheep. A lot of people don't like that. I don't like to be referred to in that way. But listen, can I tell you that even Jesus himself, the Son of God, became a lamb? Look at the Bible says, as Peter in the New Testament, 
writes about Jesus, he says, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. But was, notice here, the Bible says, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. When I look at those verses, you know what they tell me? That the great shepherd became the sacrificial lamb. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So when I think about this, look, we may not like to be referred to as sheep, but the reality is Jesus humbled himself, took upon the form of a servant, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, and he loves us and he cares for us. And I think tonight, as we look at this verse here in Psalm 23, may God help us to think of, of what Jesus did as he yielded himself, as it says here in 1 Peter, he did that for us. Now here's what I want you to think about tonight, three simple thoughts. When we think about for his namesake, Notice, first of all, that the shepherd has a place, excuse me, has a plan. The shepherd has a plan, and here's his plan. The Bible says in verse number three that he leadeth me. Look at, look at it again. He says, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What is his plan? His plan is to lead us. His plan is to direct us. Look, the shepherd is always conscious of the needs of the sheep. He's, he's aware of where they go. He's aware of what they need to eat. He's aware of what they need to drink. And so the Bible says here, he leadeth me. That's his plan. The shepherd's whole life is given to the sheep. You know, my pastor said a long time ago, a shepherd should smell like sheep. His whole life's given for the sheep. When I think about Jesus why did he leave heaven? Why did he come to this sin-cursed earth? He came because of us. He came because he wanted us to know him that we might have eternal life. And when I think about how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, Jesus laid his life down that we might have eternal life. See, the shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and it would be foolish for the sheep, you and I, to try to lead the shepherd. That would be ridiculous. The reality is, is that it also would be foolish for us to think that we can lead our own lives. Now, many of us have tried. I spoke this morning about the prodigal son. He thought he was just going to go live his life, go do what he wanted. Hey, listen, how long did that last? You know, he wasted it all. It was gone. I'm sure that in a short amount of time, he probably thought to himself, where did it all go? And a lot of people find themselves that way because they think, and we at times think the same thing, that we can lead our own lives. You see, we're mistaken. Sheep on their own, there's a danger. When they try to branch out on their own, lead their own lives, the real struggle in our lives is really this. It's allowing God to lead us. It's, it's you and I as his sheep admitting that we've lost our way. By the way, it's easy from time to time. I know I've had times in my life where I haven't been as close to the Lord as at other times. We have to admit 
we've lost our way. We need the shepherd. We need his direction in our lives. Notice what Isaiah says in chapter 58, verse 11. The Lord shall guide thee continually. Now look at this verse. And satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Now when you look at that verse, verse number 11, the Bible says the Lord, our shepherd, that he shall guide thee continually. In other words, he's going to lead us continually. And as you look at what Isaiah writes here, he really tells us four things the Lord does. Listen to me tonight. Four things the Lord does as he leads us. And I want you to look at those four things right there in verse number 11. Look at it again. The first thing he does as he leads us, notice, is he satisfies our soul in drought. There are times, folks, spiritually speaking, where our lives are like a desert. I'll never forget when we went to California years ago and the Lord led us out there and, I, and I, we were going through some things and, and I just, I, I, I really, honestly, I was kind of lost. I felt like, like I, was in a, I was in a desert and then God sent me to a desert. <laughs> we were living in part of the Mojave Desert. I mean, listen, nothing grows there unless you water it. And I'll never forget the first year we were there, the theme that God put on my pastor's heart. And the theme that year was streams in the desert, which is taking, taken right from Isaiah's book in the Bible. And the whole year was all about how God, by his Holy Spirit, refreshes us. And notice, listen, if we're not going to let the shepherd lead our lives, you know what we're going to miss out on? We're going to miss out on the fact that he wants to satisfy our soul in drought. You're just going to continue to live a life that is dry and thirsty, never being satisfied. You think about the world we live in, listen, it, it, pe people have never have enough. They're always wanting more. He who dies with the most toys does not win. But see, when we allow him to lead in our lives and in our families, what will he do? He'll satisfy our soul in drought. Notice the second thing from Isaiah 58. Not only does he satisfy our soul in times of drought, but notice the second thing that he will do while he is leading us. The Bible says he will make fat thy bones. That's an interesting statement there. Make fat thy bones. You know what that's talking about? Is that God will keep us healthy. God will actually give us a, a quality of life, a strength that is only found in him. And that's what the Bible says here. That, listen, as he is leading us in the path of righteousness, the Bible says here that he's going to keep us healthy. He's going to keep us strong in him. Notice the third thing that he will do if we allow him to lead us. As you look on in Psalm, uh, Isaiah 58, 11, look what the third thing is. He says, you will be like a spring of water. Excuse me, thou shalt be like a watered garden. And you look at that verse there, like a watered garden. In other words, when I looked at that, I had this thought. 
that God is going to keep the water coming in our lives because what we need water for is growth. And God's going to continue to bring the water that we need so that we can continue to grow. But listen, we're going to miss out on that growth if we don't allow him to lead us. And then notice the last one that Isaiah shows us that the Lord will do as he's guiding us is we'll be like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I love that thought there. We'll be like a spring of water that the waters never dry up. There will always be water available while he is leading us, while he is guiding us. Look at Psalm 31 and verse 3. The psalmist says, For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake, he says, lead me and guide me. Can you say that to the Lord? I hope that's your desire is, Lord, lead me, guide me. I need you. Look, God, when I think about the Old Testament and how the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt's land, it was God that led them out by, by way of the sea and how God was the one that parted the waters and God led them across on dry ground. Hey, listen, no wonder they had a song to sing when they got over to the other side. Why? Because he had led them every step of the way. Look, why did, why did you know, as I read and study that time and time again, you would think to yourself, and if you've got maps in your Bible, maybe you've looked at some of those maps about why in the world would God lead them the way that he did? Why, why would he take them in that direction? I'll tell you why. is because they would have never chosen that way that they went. It was not something that they would have chosen for themselves. But when I think about the shepherd, God leads us in a path that maybe we would not have chosen for ourselves. I mean, I could have never orchestrated the life that I'm living today. It has all been the Lord's leading in my life. And I hope you can say that too. But when I look at this matter of the shepherd, what does he do? He leads us in a way that can only be the fact that he proves himself. I mean, when you think about the children of Israel, what they went through, how they went through that experience, and listen, there is only one thing you could say, and it was that God led them all the way. And I love this thought here, how that we should give our lives to God, and we should just take our hands off of our lives, and we should leave the leading up to the Lord. You see, he has a, he has a plan. And what is his plan? In our lives, his plan is, he leadeth me. But notice, secondly, not only does he have a plan, he has a place. Because the Bible says, again, in verse number three, it says, as you look at this, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. See, the place that he wants to lead us in is the paths of righteousness. Sheep are kind of odd animals. They're odd creatures. They'll walk the, the same path over and over and over again until they've walked that path so much that there's no grass, there's nothing for them to feed on. I think I might have a picture of that here tonight of, of how, notice this path here and it, how well-worn it is and how it's actually deeper than the actual level on the, of the ground on both sides of it. How, how that these animals would continue to walk this and they kind of just continue to walk that same path until there is no grass to eat. And you know what many people refer to that now as? They refer to it as a rut. They've walked that so many times. So, uh, I looked up the word rut 
And of course, certainly, as you notice on the picture there, it's a, a long, deep track that's made by repeated passage over it, back and forth. But it's also something, a rut can be a habit, it can be a pattern of behavior that has become dull and unproductive, but it's hard to change. I think that that's what happens in our lives as Christians. You know, you get up in the morning, oh, I, I need to read my Bible. You know, <laughs> there's no excitement, there's no production there. There's not an enthusiasm about the Word of God. And when I think about how oftentimes we, we don't realize that God has, has a place for us, and that is that we would be on the path, the path of righteousness, His righteousness. The shepherd must choose as the sheep wear this out. The shepherd many times in our lives, he will choose a new path for the sheep, one that maybe they wouldn't have chosen for themselves, but he would choose a path that, that really would be helpful, that would have something for the sheep to eat. Look, many times, because sheep are not very intelligent, they might pick a path that is harmful to them. They might pick a path that is uh, close to a, maybe a dangerous cliff. But the shepherd chooses something that is good for the sheep. And I, I think about these ruts in our lives, how those sheep, listen, if, if you don't do something as a shepherd, they're just going to continue to walk that path. They're going to continue to wear that rut deeper and deeper and deeper. And oftentimes what I would call something like this, and I think all of us can, can uh, understand this and probably say, yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that in my own life. These are oftentimes called safe places for us. I've been there before. I like something that's safe. I don't like to go to something new, do something new. I, I, some of the men this morning, I told them, I said, one of my pastor's favorite sayings is, a growing church is always in transition. People don't like change. Sheep are the same way. The same old path is what they like. But listen, God many times, as we saw this morning, God will stir us up. God will, and listen, every time the shepherd does that, he does it for our good. Why? Because he wants to lead us in the path of righteousness. That's what the Bible tells us here. See, we, we choose those safe places, those ruts for our lives. Why? Because, listen, we sing that song, I shall not be moved. <laughs> Sometimes we take that very literally. I don't want to be moved. I don't want a new path. I don't want to go where the shepherd wants to take me. Many times we want those safe places, those places that we find that we don't have to trust God. That's why many times the Lord will do something in our lives because we've gotten to the place where we don't need God. And God will say, listen, okay, then I'm going to take you over here so that you will learn that you need me in your life. You need me to lead you in the path of righteousness. Notice Proverbs 8, verse 20. The Bible says, I will lead thee in the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. Do you see those two verses? Notice what it's saying here, that if by faith we follow the shepherd, we walk the path of righteousness. Notice what he says here, that the shepherd on those paths, he's going to provide substance for us. He's going to fill our treasures. You know why? Because he's already seen the path. 
he already knows the way and he knows where the path leads. I love that old song. I won't sing it tonight, but the words are this. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. What a great thought there. Many times we think about, well, I don't understand why I'm going through this. Now remember, he already knows the way. He knows where it goes. He knows where he wants to lead us. And listen, it's the path of righteousness. And as he leads us, again, when you look at Proverbs 8, he is going to leave us substance. God's going to provide for us as long as we're following him, as long as we follow his leading in our lives. It's a wonderful thought here in Psalm 5 and verse number 8. Look at these words. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy, notice not my, make thy way straight before me. God's not playing hide-and-go-seek with us. He's not, it's not some puzzle that God has for our lives. Listen, just say, Lord, lead me. Many times we look at those words there, and we get the order of those words mixed up. Instead of it saying, lead me, O Lord, we want it to say, me lead, O Lord. Let the shepherd lead in your lives. And he not only will put us on the paths of righteousness, but watch this, he'll enable us to stay on the path. We, we need his help to make sure that we, we stay on that path, that we continue not in our own strength, but in his strength. Because he leads us in paths of righteousness. Look, I don't know about you, but I, I know that in my life, there's been times I've got off the path. It's easy to do. We get distracted. I mentioned this morning, I think America is distracted. I think many Christians today are distracted. They've gotten off the path. Can I tell you what you and I need to do is we need to let him lead in our lives and we need to get back to the place that he wants us to be and that's on the path of righteousness. See, he has a, he has a plan. He has a place. Notice he also has a purpose. And his purpose is right here in Psalm 23 and verse number 3, where the Bible says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's his purpose. The purpose is that we would do what we do so that God would be glorified in and through our lives. That God gets the glory out of our lives. I know that I was thinking about Andrew and Chris has had something, not, not, not somebody that had maybe autism or whatever it was, but Chris has had some similar, and I was talking to him, he may be listening tonight, but uh, he was telling me, he says, you know, he says, I, he doesn't dislike the guys that he's in this uh, training thing with, but, but most of them are not Christians, they don't know the Lord. And I t I've told him, I said, you know, Chris, I said, God knew that, and God put you there. And I said, what you need to do is just, just keep your eyes on the Lord. Let God lead you in your life. And I said, I said, Chris, when the time comes, I said, they'll know who to go to. And so, Brother Andrew, I, I, they've been, they've, he's, he's, what is Andrew, 22? 22, they call him the Godfather. Because all the guys that are with him are like 17, 18 years old, so he's the old man. I think that's pretty comical. 
And so Brother Chris is 30, and certainly he's not old by any stretch of imagination, but I guess because he waited so long to go into this training uh, program, that just like Andrew, he's older than most people he's with. And so Brother Chris said that there's been times where people have come to him, and they've, they've asked him things. He said he had a chance to talk to a man that was, I guess, having problems with his, with his marriage. And Chris said he was able to share a few things with him. And I said, Chris, that's God's working. And I said, Chris, the only thing that's going to happen is God's going to get the glory out of that. It's a wonderful thing to realize that in our lives, if we let him lead, and we're on the path of righteousness, that it will all be for his name's sake, that God will be glorified out of anything that happens in our lives. God calls us to bring him glory in all we do. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat, God ought to get the glory out of what we eat or what we drink or whatsoever we do because the Bible says, do all to the glory of God. May God get the glory out of anything. Look, may we never take the praise that is deserved to God. We should always def deflect the praise to the Lord. May God be glorified. I love what Jonathan Edwards many years ago said. He said, from time to time in Scripture, embracing and practicing true religion and repenting of sin and turning to holiness is expressed by glorifying God as though, he says here, that were the sum and end of the whole matter. In other words, Edwards was really saying that the Christian life is, is the heart of this one of glorifying God. May God be glorified through our lives. Hey, you remember the day that I mentioned earlier that David, when he was tending the sheep, and then his father said, David, look, your brother's been out there. I'm sure they're hungry. I want you to take all this food. I want you to go out there, take it to them, to refresh them and to help them. And so David goes out, runs the errand for his father, comes upon this scene in the valley of Elah. As he comes upon this scene, there's this loudmouth giant of a man blaspheming his God. David hears this, and it bothered him. You know, a lot of times in the world we live in, the unsaved people will, will spew out blasphemies against God. And many of God's people don't say anything, as if it doesn't even bother them. Hey, there's been times where, you know, listen, I realize you can't control everyone. There's nothing wrong with a Christian saying, excuse me, I, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't use that kind of language. I'm, I'm a Christian. Now, sometimes you're going to get even more vile language if you say something like that. But David gets there and David starts to think and he looks at the army of Israel that's supposed to be this mighty army. He sees Saul there and he makes the statement, is there not a cause? What are we doing? I mean, why are you standing here? Why isn't somebody doing something? You see, David, as a shepherd boy, had learned to let God lead him as he took care of the sheep. Did you hear that? The shepherd 
allowed himself to be led. And David knew how important it was to lead the sheep in a place that would help them, that would help them grow, that was good for them, that was right for them. And then David says, listen, God sent me here. I'm, I know my dad asked me to bring some food. But he says, God's not getting any glory out of this situation. As a matter of fact, this is a bad situation. David comes on this scene and notice in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, verse 46, I love David's spirit here because David knew in his heart that God wanted him to live by lifting his name up. Notice what the Bible says, this day, he says, will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses, notice plural, of the host of the Philistines this day, today, unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, and he says, here it is, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He says, look, God's going to get, I don't know how, because it's not up to me, but God's going to get the glory out of my life. And if nobody else will do anything, I will. David thought to himself, hey, listen, God delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. <laughs> what is this Philistine to that? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Many times we have an opportunity to lift up the name of God. To tell people about how wonderful God is. See, the whole reason that he leads us and he, and he leads us in the path of righteousness is why? So that our lives will bring him great glory. This is what we see tonight, lifting up the name of God. Look, our nation today is not lifting up the name of the Lord. As a matter of fact, they want to take God's name out of everything. Sometimes, even as Christians, we're not lifting up the name of the Lord. But I do find that God has a purpose, and the purpose is that God would get the glory. Listen, he's leading us in the path of righteousness. Why? What's the purpose? For his name's sake. That's why God is doing that in our lives. But what we do many times is we put pressure on ourselves. Why? How can we put pressure on ourselves? Because instead of letting God, like David, David picks up five smooth stones, and God, the very first stone, he, David didn't go, whoops, missed that one. No, God guided that first stone. God got the glory. He, little bitty David, giant of a man, Goliath. He fell that day. Everything happened the way David said. God got the glory out of it. God has a purpose. We put pressure on ourselves. Why? Because we try to do God's part. Remember, remember what they wanted David to do? Saul said, hey, whoa, 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 David. If you're going to go try that, here, put my armor on. David, I don't know how many pieces he tried on, but he basically pretty quickly said, listen, I can't do this. I haven't proved it. I, David's thinking to himself, listen, I fought that lion. I fought the bear. I never wore no armor. I didn't need armor. I just needed God. 
I needed his leading and I needed his leading in the path of righteousness and God got the glory out of it. I mean, can you imagine how many people David told, hey, listen, let me tell you what God did. I told this story before, but I think it'll be forever etched in my mind when Joy and I went, went hiking one day in California and we were, we were about a mile and a half up a trail where there was nobody else and we came upon a mountain lion. As far as I'm concerned, he was 800 feet long. He might have been six feet. He might have been eight feet. I don't know. I don't care. The only thing I know is I was thinking to myself, okay, if he comes down and starts to come at us, I have a choice. Can I outrun joy? <laughs> no, the truth was I thought to myself, okay, I need to put myself between that animal and my wife. And my next thought, I'm telling you the truth, my next thought was, okay, Lord, how did David do that? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking to myself, Lord, I I'm going to need your help. I couldn't do it. That animal came down. I guarantee you I could not have withstood that animal. It had to be the Lord that kept that animal away. But I've told that story, and I'll keep telling that story. Listen, I want God to get the glory out of that because that animal could have easily come down and could have had me for a Scooby snack, you know? When I think about what David did that day, David was not trying to do God's part. David said, listen, he says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do so that all the earth would know that there's a God in Israel. You see, if I lead my life, if you lead your life, if, if we turn to our own way, we try to live our lives the way we want, we, we, we walk the direction we want, then guess what we're not doing? We're not glorifying God. And that is not God's way. God wants to be glorified in our lives and through our lives, whether therefore whatever you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. Would you bow your heads with me tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? I think about this, this verse here, how God allows things in our lives, to, in our path. Why does God do that? Because the Lord wants us to learn to trust him. He, remember, he leads us in the paths of righteousness. And as we go through those paths of righteousness, what will God do? God will give us the grace that we need to face those challenges. But as we do, may we live lives that honor God, that please God, that he gets the glory out of it. You see, he leadeth us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, thank you for this evening and for the truth that we see here, how that as our shepherd you have a plan, you have a place, and you have a purpose. Lord, I pray that tonight that those that are listening by way of live stream, those that are here, Lord, may we just take a few minutes tonight and say, God, I'm, t I'm tired of trying to take your place and trying to lead my own life. Lord, help me to trust you. I want to let you lead me in life so that I'm on the right path and that you get the honor and glory out of my life. Let's stand tonight as we stand to our feet. The piano is playing. Here's an opportunity on a Sunday night. Whether you come tonight or right where you're at, why don't you say, Lord,
I've tried, I've tried to lead my life, do what I wanted. Let me just ask you, how's that going? Why don't you just say tonight, I'm going to let the Lord lead. And as I let him lead, I know that he will lead me in the right place. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, the altar's open tonight. Maybe you want to come and just pray with the Lord tonight. Lord, show me the way. Some of you, you're, you're thinking maybe about a job, maybe about school. I would ask the Lord, God, is that what you want me to do? Remember, if, our, if it's our choice, it won't bring him honor. Let's make sure we're going down the path he has for us. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Let's sing that tonight. No turning back, no turning back. Behind me, the cross before me, the world behind the cross before me, the world behind me, cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Let's pray tonight. Brother Tim, why don't you lift your voice tonight and ask